Hey, Mark, mm-hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy, they are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores, if you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. It's week 13 of the golfing calendar. And today, in a classic case of priorities being, well, a little out of whack, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen have done bugger all prep for the show, but plenty of prep finding the right Chardonnay to drink during the show. Yeah, this could go pear-shaped. Pear-shaped with hints of citrus and full-bodied flavour, of course. So now, live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia... This is Talk Birdie to me. He's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. What are we drinking, buddy? Oh, this is... Uh, we are talking Chardonnays the other day. Yes. <laughs> this is nice. So uh, a mate of mine um, has Shadow Facts Winery, so mm. uh, he gave me some wines a little while ago, and this is their Chardonnay from the Macedon Ranges. Well, so honestly, you cannot possibly recommend it more than what we've done. That is the most beautiful drop. Yeah. What's it called what again? It? Uh, Shadow Facts. The Chardonnay. And we'll have to take a photo and tweet it out. Yeah, we will. But um, yeah, this is the 19th hole, right? Yeah. We well, so, well uh, technically. Technically. <laughs> technically, it's talk birdie Did you too. play 18 today? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, but I'm glad you brought it in. Okay. Good stuff. Um, let's get going because, you know what? I've seen a little bit of feedback about the match play that they don't like it when there is World Cup-style groups before mm. we get into the top 16. I am completely the other way. Really? I absolutely <laughs> love that there are 16 groups of four. They play around Robin and then we get into the serious business. And you know why? Because pricks like you can't knock out the world number one. <laughs> That's why. Finally, and we get rid of him the first week. Finally, we disagree on something. <laughs> <laughs> so you liked it. So you loved knocking him out. It One would be... and done. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's the way to go in match play. It's how I grew up playing around Robin. I understand why they do it. The reason they do it is because of you, Nick. <laughs> and that, 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 is a, that is 100% an accurate statement because they can't afford to have the number ones lose to somebody shoot, – shoot 68 – Mm-hmm. And lose to a bloke who shot 67 yep. in the first or second round because of so many – they've got to get so many rounds. So I think Rory McIlroy, for instance, this week played 123 holes. Did he really? Yep. I think Scheffler was next at 121. And I think uh, the bloke who won was his name, Young. Young played 119 holes. Actually, Sam Burns won. Sam Burns. Excuse mm. Sam yep. Burns had a win. So there, there you go. <laughs> so there, there is a really good thing there, isn't it? Well, the, the dream final they wanted oh. was Scheffler McIlroy. And I didn't even really know who got to the consolation. The consolation. Well, Burns and Young are very. Out- I mean, they're some yeah. great players, by the way. Young almost won the uh, the Open last year. But if you look at the updated world rankings, uh, Scheffler is one, McElroy two. So they mm. played the consolation final. And the problem, it was a great week 
of match play. I think yes. there's some outstanding matches. You know, we saw Rory McIlroy drive the green that on 18. Incredible. That was an amazing tee shot. To four feet. Jason Day went 3-0. and Yep. In the group stage. Lucas Herbert. Standing golf. Oh, Lucas, Lucas Herbert went 3 oh, That's torture, by the way. Can we talk about just Lucas Herbert just for oh. one second? Mm-hmm. What do you shoot? 85, 89 or something at the Players' <laughs> Championship? <laughs> so one week earlier, he's in darker spot really, probably emotionally and with confidence that he'd ever been in, and comes out and goes 1, 2, 3 and wins every match. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening um, on Saturday morning, I was driving to the Gambie and I had PGA Tour radio on. Oh, yeah. And I listened you love to, that, don't you? I do. I really, I really yeah. enjoy it. So if you don't know what we're talking if you're new to the podcast, you go to the PGA app and you click on video and then when that page comes up, there is an audio thing. You click on audio, you put it through the car Beautiful. and it's some of the best golf commentary you'll ever hear and you don't really need the pictures if you're driving around. Anyway, I... I, I Got in the car just as Lucas Herbert was lining up an eagle putt to go three and zero, and he hold it. And you know, I was punching the air for him <laughs> because that that's a, that's a big deal. To, you know, to, to shoot a couple of scores in the eighties and really have the t- tail between the legs, uh, and then come out to a tournament like a WGC and win one, mm. two, three, got beaten by McElroy, but still monstrous. Well, he's played the perfect format after shooting 89 or 85 or whatever he shot because yeah, match play, the scores don't really matter. You know, you said earlier that you can shoot 68 and get beaten. You can shoot 78 and win. I mean, it happened to me in one of my matches mm. uh, back in the back in the day. But I feel for Lucas because he got beaten by Rory in the round of 16. If he wins that match... I think that gets him into the Masters because he finishes 51 in the world yeah. after this week. And top 50, this is the cutoff, yeah. gets you in the Masters in two weeks' time. That's that's brutal. I see Minwoo Lee got in. Yes. He got into the top 50 in the world. Yeah, I put that um, on our WhatsApp earlier in the week. He's number 47, so yeah. he's done really well. Jason Day, what an effort from him, Gosh. by the way. So start of the year, he's ranked 115 in the world, starting mm. the year. Mm. And now he's number 33. He moved from 37 to 33 after the match play. But mm. he's played seven events, hasn't finished outside top 20. Five top 10s. Unbelievable. What a great effort. And he's going to be... He's got to be one of the favourites because his history there, he's had uh, he had a second there in 2011, yep. third in 2013 yep. when uh, Scotty won. Both chances to win, yep. And then he was tied for fifth, I think, in 2019 when Tiger won. So he's playing some outstanding golf. So you say he's one of the favourites. Well, but what people want to know is, can he win? Mm. If, if, if he finds himself after three rounds in the last group with someone like Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm or Rory McIlroy trying to complete... His career grand slam. <laughs> so before you go on, if if, I, if if Jason Day was out of those three, he would love to be playing with McElroy yeah. because there's a lot of pressure on him to win this golf tournament. Scheffler, he's the last person you want to play with because he yep. won last year. Yep. He's obviously he's on number one. In, yeah. And Rahm, Rahm well, you got a chance against him because he's never won the Masters and mm. it's a big deal because he's chasing you know, history of Seve and Jose Maria as well, Olafabla's other Spaniards that have won there. So keep his entire career in mind. He's mm. got to world number one and then drifted away, changed his swing. We've seen the comeback this year. All the top tens in a row, great performance at the match play. If he finds himself in that situation with one of those three, is he mentally, we know physically he is, mm-hmm. is he mentally capable of winning? Absolutely. Yeah, me As too. As a former number one. You know you've been there. You know you've done it. He's won a major. He won the PGA at uh, Whistling Straits. Yep. He's got good history there. Obviously, he hasn't worn the green jacket, but he's in a great space mm. right now. And I think 
There's almost no pressure on him, I don't think, because he's just playing solid golf, playing well. There's no expectation for him mm. to win, but if he gets the chance, I'm really hoping he grasps it. And he's one of the best putters in the world, and you have to be a great putter around there unless you, well, as I said before, I think Bubba Watson has won the Masters, and he's not a great putter. But yeah. you know, when you can hit all the par fives in two and maybe some of the par fours in one, uh, that, that certainly helps around there. Tell me about this, please, because I've seen so many – people, so many good players in that situation where they find themselves in the last group and they stand on that first tee in round four with the expectation in the 10 to 3 hit off time <laughs> and they hit it into the media centre. <laughs> hello, hello, Stuart Appleby. So I remember Apps did that. And you've seen so many players receive goose and snap hook it off the first and you've seen all that sort of stuff. Would it be as simple to say that if Jason does find himself in that situation, if he hits the fairway and then just hits the green and just two putts, hmm. oh, that's then, he's, then he's away. Yeah. Well, the hardest walk on that golf course, they talk about the elevation and how hard it is to walk, you know, the golf yeah, course. And, yeah. and the hardest walk is from the practice green to the first tee. Why is that? The pressure. You can feel the atmosphere. It is absolutely electric. One of the most nervous times in my career was walking from – it's only a 10-yard yeah. walk, by the way. It's not very far, but it's like – Moses parting the Red Sea, the gallery moves. Yeah. You go up there and they hand you your card and it's four please, Nick O'Hearn on the tee yeah. or whatever they used to call yeah. it. It's no, something it's very Nick O'Hearn driving. Yeah, something very, yeah. very simple in that regard. But just the history of that place, you know everyone's watching, all eyes are on you and it's, I mean, if you and if you ever do go, you've got to see the – uh, opening tee shots on Thursday. Yeah, beautiful. Actually, we should find out. I wonder who's doing that this year because it it's got to be Nicholas – yeah. Player and I, is it Watson I, I, now? I think Sorenston's involved. Oh, she really? was last year. Yeah. Really? I think Annika Sorenston. Well, because okay. yes, she was because because of what's happened with the ladies mm, amateur. Yeah. Uh, they, they've done it. Okay. And to bring her in and for her to hit a shot. Now I don't know whether that's something new and she's going to be there every. I think she should be. I mean, to I, me, she's yeah. the best. She's the best woman player we've ever seen. And the record speaks one for off. itself. Yeah. Yep, mm. I think she's number one. But I think she's perfect because she's young, she's full of life. And if you're trying to get more people to play the game and more females to play the game, mm. seeing Annika Sorensen hitting off the first with, you know, who's going to be there? Jack? Yep. Uh, Tom? Tom. Tom Watson? Gary. Gary and, oh, and Annika. I don't think Gary's son will be there anymore. No, by the way, for no. Him. <laughs> Do you remember that? Holding up a sleeve of balls. That's right. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's not going to happen again this year. No, uh, but I think that's wonderful. Yeah, oh, the, the history and the little you know nuances of that golf course and the way they do certain uh, ceremonies around yeah. there is just almost uh, second to none. I mean, when I was playing there, I think they had here we had Sneed, mm. Nelson, yeah. And I'm trying to remember the third. I think it was Arnie. Yeah. Might have been Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I remember playing the par three cop on Wednesday, teeing off on the first, and Wright said they're sitting there watching me. It was Byron Nelson. Oh, I'm thinking, this is one of the greatest players of all time, and he's sitting there going, oh, g'day, Nick, you know, Aussie, left-hander. <laughs> can, <Good> I, luck. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you my Sam Sneed story? Please. At the Masters. Okay. So in 2002, I was still playing, but I was gone. And I was working at that stage at 3AW and the boss of Channel 7 or Channel 9 at the time, um, John o, Ian Johnson, who just passed away recently, um, he listened to 3AW and I got a phone call, Would you could you go to the Masters? 
And I said, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to go. Yeah, I'd, go, I'd love to go to the Masters. No, and he goes, well, we, we, we really want you to take over and be the commentator. You'd never been? Never been, not in 2002. Oh. In the end, I'd, you know, I had a business where we used to take people. I've been about 14 times okay, since. Right. So this is my first trip. I get there and, and because I'm a commentator, you know, I get taken to these beautiful places. Uh, one day I was in there and Jim Nance was practising. <laughs> and Jim Nance doesn't read off an auto cue. It was amazing. I was in this room and Jim Nance gets someone to speak and then he just copies what they say. Really? So I'll do it with you. Okay, uh-huh. I'll do it with you. Sure. So, so you're Jim Nance, yep. and I'm his. Let's call him the copy boy. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Augusta. All right. So he'd whisper, and he would start talking. Just before copying the exactly. fi- he just copying it. Wow. And it was amazing to be in there. And next time you listen to Jim Nance at the Masters doing this, you'll notice it. It's so slow. Yeah. And there are the gaps are so big, <laughs> and the sentences are quite short. Well, he's but it is, sounds majestic because yeah. he's not reading. Oh, it's just beautiful. And what's his famous uh, opening? Hello, friends. Yeah, what, yeah, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very good. Anyway, so they take me in there. You know, I'm getting a tour from this guy who's going to help me with the media all week, and he's about to give me my pass so I can go uh, stand behind the tree and interview all the players and blah 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 blah. He goes, "Would you like to go in the clubhouse?" I'm going, "Yeah, I would love to go in the clubhouse. Thank you. This this would be great." So in we go, and he goes, "Have you ever met Sam Snead?" And I said, no, I have not met Sam <laughs> Sneed. And he goes, well, listen, he's just he's just done the ceremony for hitting off um, and he should be in the bar because he, he, he spends most <laughs> of the morning in the bar. <laughs> so I'm going, oh, this is unbelievable. You know, I'm going to meet Sam Sneed for the first time ever. Yep. So in we go and he taps Mr. Sneed. He goes, Mr. Sneed, I'd like you to meet this young man from Australia who's doing the broadcast back to Channel 9. And Sam Sneed turns around. He's still got his hat on. And I've put my hand out to shake hands. And he's put his hand out. He's spun on this spinning chair and fell off his chair <laughs> onto the ground. So instead of me putting my hand out like this to shake his hand, my hand's gone down to help him pick him up off the ground. <laughs> so I'm picking up Sam Sneed oh, off the ground. Dear. Anyway, we all had a, a beautiful laugh about it. But... I'll, I'll never he was be- overwhelmed to meet you, basically. No, he, he, no, 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 no. He was on about his 15th gin and tonic oh, and he, 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 was, he was drunk. Oh, wow. He was drunk. Oh, that's classic. The great Sam Sneed. Yeah. bit what like a- we're going to be if we keep on going with wow. this uh, Chardonnay, which is yeah, really, going really, down really quite nice. easily, I must oh, admit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait for the Masters. I, I, I really can't. I'm the same every year. I'm a kid in the list. Or I'm glad that Min Woo Lee's playing. I'm glad that Jason Day's playing well. Adam Scott could be interesting uh, yeah. to, see what, to see what he does. But I'm also very, very much looking forward to Bozio, our, our girl who's playing in the amateur oh, as well. yes, Justice. Justice is playing in the amateur beforehand, so they play three times, yep. yeah, three rounds, and then the last round is at, uh, at Augusta. How good. Imagine if an Australian woman won that championship. That would be how, uh, yeah. well. I want to ask you: How big a news would that be? Would that be front page on every paper, it or would that be. be back page? It should. Be. It should be back page. It should be back yeah, page be on front, every yeah. single paper in the country yeah. if that no, happens. Because it's, it's historic that they're letting obviously yeah. the women play. They're given the history of the club and and everything like that, and they do have female members now there now, which is fantastic. But the other thing is, <laughs> this is quite stra- uh, Harrison Crow. 
amateur is yep. playing as well. Yes. Harrison and will he stay in the crow's nest? Because Harrison, <laughs> that's right. Harrison pardon the pun, right? So, which is the uh, the room yeah, up top of the fantastic. clubhouse for all the amateurs. And then the other one, which I'm really looking forward to, obviously playing, is Cameron Smith. Yeah. Who at number five still in the he hasn't played a world ranking event in how long? I don't know. Form hasn't been great, mm. but I want to see how he's going to go because preparation hasn't been ideal. Unfortunately, the next live golf event the week before the Masters is. In Orlando, where they're playing yep. on Bermuda on Bermuda yep. greens, Bermuda grass, just the worst preparation ever. But I'm sure he'll have his ducks in a row, and, and hopefully he'll uh, he'll put up an outstanding effort there. What what's the guarantee for getting as many people watching around the world as possible? Is it as simple as this? John Rahm and DJ in the last group. Ooh. Rory McIlroy. And let's say uh, Pat- Bryson. Patrick Reed. Oh, Patrick Reed. <laughs> Thank you. So we got Rory and Patrick in the second to last group. And then you got Scheffler and Brooks Kepka in the third last wow. group. So you've actually got live golfers mm. in. Could, could you imagine? No one in the world would watch golf. That would be the biggest audience golf had ever played in front of if, if that somehow played out. The only other thing bigger than that is if Tiger is in the last group oh, amongst it as well, by I the way. I forgot that he's playing. <laughs> Come on, Tiger's <laughs> I forgot, playing. I forgot that he's Only playing. Only the greatest ever, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you beat him uh, once? Oh, maybe a couple of yes, times. Yes, a couple yeah, of that's times. that's right. Which is why they're apparently getting rid of the match play. So, which <laughs> we started off on that uh, avenue with the match play, but um, it's a shame it's going. I mean, I'd, I've we've, you, you grew up playing match play. Yeah, I grew I'm, up playing it. I love the format. I don't enjoy the round robin, but I understand why they did it. And yep. they need to bring it back. Remember watching the match play at Wentworth, the world match play, <laughs> yeah, what it was called back then? Yeah, I mean, how it, good was that? It was the best thing. Mm. You could sit up all night watching it so at Wentworth and just the names. It was basically, in the end, you want to kill the tournament? It, it ended up being the IMG hmm. match play. Yeah, they played thirty six a day. By yeah, the way. yeah they're, they're and matches. they in the end they only invited their, their the IMG players got a hit there. I don't, I'm not sure. That was kind of the end of the world match play instead of actually yeah. getting the best the players. Best. Yeah. Something popped up on Twitter today, actually, and it was Nick Feldo hitting a one-iron, fading it around the corner to close and eagled the last – played, la- yeah, mm. played the last uh, seven-hole seven under the BD in Woosnam. Oh. And they showed it. And I don't know what it is, but if you've never been there, Wentworth and the other one, Sunningdale as well, if you ever get to hit a golf ball at those golf courses, the echo – is the most beautiful mm. noise that you'll ever hear anywhere in the world. Maybe Augusta's kind of got the similar. same sort of yeah, yeah, the same yeah, sort of echo. Similar. But those fir trees at uh, both Sunningdale and Wentworth, I don't know what it is about the acoustics, mm. but it is ridiculous. Yeah, it's almost like uh, you're not hitting down hallways on some of those holes, but every hole is separate from the previous one, and you can't really see any other holes on when you're standing yeah. on a fairway there. So maybe it has that echoey effect but it's absolutely beautiful and Augusta because of the routing of the golf course and how it winds through the through the uh, pine trees it's just yeah. uh, another sort of echo type atmosphere there and uh, you know when I played there unfortunately the roars were almost missing from the tournament because they made the golf course so difficult and the weather conditions weren't great at Augusta when mm. I played so but the roars are back now for sure and jeez uh, if we had those players on the PGA Tour and then top live golfers, 
wouldn't that be yeah, something? It would be amazing. <laughs> hey, just a little bit of feedback. This comes from Matt Cleary, uh, good fellow Matt Cleary, Journo. Uh, he's a uh, Twitter. Yeah, great at, bloke. At Journo Matt Cleary. He's got Mark Allen, Nick O'Hearn. Uh, you boys see Cam Young taking line of sight relief on the first at Austin. Is the rule that if there's a TV stuff between the ball and the pin, you get a drop, blah, 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 even if you wouldn't be going that way? Hmm. Did you see the shot? I, I didn't, but I just before yep. I came read read the tweet. Yep. Yeah. So it's a shot that you would probably do in match play, but mm-hmm. a shot that you might Wouldn't not do, do if yep. it was the first round in, in 72 <laughs> holes. Yep. I, I think if I was the rules official knowing that, and it was Steve Rentoul, an old Australian bloke oh, yeah, who yeah. I used to play on the Nike yeah. Tour with a million years ago. <laughs> so Steve Rentoul was out there. He's the one. He, he took one look and didn't blink yep. and said, no worries, it's, it's a drop. But in reality, the gap was only about 18 inches wide and probably about six feet high. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely the shot that was on. When he got to drop the ball, it's basically two club links. So you get, you get one club length to clear the site, then you have to drop in the second club length. And that gave him a big window. Yeah. Did you ever have any of those where oh, sure. a, a rules official came to you and said, you couldn't get through. You, 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 you're not going that way, Nick. I know you're not going that way. Did you ever blew with anybody? I mean, uh, I, I never did. I always found the rules officials understood that yeah. it's a different level. These guys are good. I never had any blues, but um, I've seen it before where if there is something in your way, the official basically, if, if there's a chance you can hit it, through there and it's really more about can you take a swing at the ball yep. I've seen a couple of instances where balls have been under bushes yep. and there's a TV tower in the way to the green but yes. there's no way they can get in there and there's hit it there's no way and I've seen other players I can't remember who going well no it's in my way do you want me to get in there and show you that I can actually hit it and so, you know, one of the officials said, sure, get in there and yeah. prove it. And maybe this player actually had a crack at it and then, yeah. you know, couldn't hit the ball, obviously. So, but as, if you can have a swing at it and make contact and it's a possibility, then they ha- they almost have to give you the free relief for sure. Mm. So it's one of those scenarios in that regard. Oh, I've seen uh, rules officials, hello, Trevor Hurden, uh, mm. say no. Uh, the people Trevor Trev, Trevor Hurden who now works at Golf Australia and he does all the tournaments around mm. here. He was pretty tough. And Trevor was great. Trevor, Trevor was yeah. great. I saw him. Um, he uh, disqualified Nick Feldo one year. We were playing a tournament in Bali, and Nick was about six shots in front. Um, and something happened the day before. Craig Perry removed the stone. Nick Feldo saw Craig Perry remove a stone, got oh. to a bunker, removed the stone, and then Trevor got him for removing that oh, stone because no. Tre- uh, Perry did the wrong thing the day before. But wasn't picked up on it, so he was okay? But he or? was okay. Yeah, right. It was something along the lines of yep. that. Trevor saw what happened, yep. and he went – and disqualified Dick Feldo with not many holes to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, has, he has miles in front. Um, but I've, I've seen Trev eyeball someone and say, mate. Yeah, it's impossible. What are you, yeah. what are you talking about? And you're, you're, there's no way you're going that yeah, way. Your yeah. line's over there and you've got nothing in the way and he yeah. just jumped back in his car and moved on. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, whenever you have a ruling in, in tournament golf, you almost know straight away whatever official's coming towards you, you know that, I'm going to either get relief here or, no, there's no chance. And, I mean, there's one famous story over on the European tour and I'll, I'll tell it with less colourful language than it actually happened. <laughs> but uh, it's one of these stories which has done the rounds and the names have been confused over the years. But the gist of it was this. This player called for a ruling and as soon as the official, I think it was a Spanish official, was coming towards him, he kind of knew that he wasn't going to get the benefit of the doubt here if there was mm. any doubt. And sure enough, he said no sorry, you're not going to get that ruling. And the player has said to the official, and I'll use more, yeah. you know, less colourful language, but it was basically along the lines of, 
What would happen if I called you a dickhead? Yeah. You know that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and uh, the rules official said, well, if you call me that, I'm going to have to fine you because yeah. that is abusing an That's official. That's correct, yeah. And the player said, like, what happens if I think you're a dickhead? That's right. And the official said, well, I can't control what you think. And the player said, well, I, oh, think, I think you're, you're a dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> 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 uh, that was one of the all-time great stories on the European tour. So good. One of the best. I reckon it was Wayne Riley who did it. <laughs> it I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon it was Wayne Riley. That's the way I remember it anyway. Hey, let's get to some uh, more feedback uh, uh, with our tweets to the editor or whatever you're doing, if you're Facebooking mm. us to the editor. Uh, general feedback on Nick beating Tiger twice is Rob Creedy. I'd be bringing that fact up every effing time if I was Nico. <laughs> Weather's good today. Yes, it was a bit windy the second time I got woozy. <laughs> uh, very good, Rob. You're making us laugh. Uh, another one, in response to Nick's masterclass on putting, right-handed putting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's a right-hander these I'm, days. I'm right-handed. As I tell people, left-handed got too easy, but uh, no. <laughs> you still holding putts? Oh, yeah. You still I feel like just as good as when I had the uh, the lock. So the I was long, long left-handed. left-handed. Switched when they brought the anchoring ban in. I didn't, I didn't really? like the anchoring because I didn't want to do what some champions tour players are doing. Yes. Anchoring it against my chest. That's good and, for you. And uh, I mucked around with different things, played nine holes right-handed one day, and all of a sudden I had 14 putts for nine holes right-handed. And I thought, let's give this a go. So anyway. Unbelievable. That's how it came about. Okay. Uh, before I get to this one now, Box Hill, Pro-Am, Marco. You said you were going to shoot 64 out there. How did you go? I shot 74. Oh, that's close. Just put a six in front Just of it. Just nine shots. Um, no, nah, look, I, I, I didn't uh, – I was practising very well. Fairway, Freddie, but just uh, I saw you. You know, you posted that swing on Twitter. It looked beautiful. It smooth. did look good, mate. I'm you had swinging a big delay well, though, right? With the rain, big thunderstorm, yeah. or storm came through. Yeah, look, the mighty Box Hill Golf Club uh, did a great job putting it on. Unfortunately, I didn't go too well. But Jay McKenzie, who won uh, in WA, what a couple of years ago, mm. WA PGA, he did. He shot on one of his nines. The way it read, one of his nines. Yeah, he had eight threes and a four. In eight, nine holes. Threes and, and a four. four. So that's and, 28. And the four was a birdie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say a par no, for a second No, the four here. That, was a birdie. Oh. Uh, and he started his day with uh, five birdies in a row. So oh, that, that gets you rolling. How good. How that good. gets you rolling. Well, some of the feedback we got was on Jay McKenzie winning Box Hill, by the way. Yeah. Lee Datsun, uh, he said, must have got you, Marco, on a count back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not quite. And uh, Matt Kavanagh, it's amazing yeah. how much talent this guy must have to shoot 61. All the best to him moving forward. And Jay has a lot of teeth. He plays with no glove, I believe. Plays with no glove. Mm. Uh, unusual character. Pretty to relaxed, isn't very, he? Yeah, very, too yeah. relaxed for a pro. You yeah. know, when you're normally a little bit uptight. Hard, uh, he's hard not. to get a lot out of him. Yeah, uh, impossible to yeah. get anything out of him. Yeah. You were doing the uh, presentations, weren't you? How yeah. was the uh, the interview there? Uh, I was asking the questions and giving the answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't too bad. But I will say this. You know, the greens were perfect before the downpour. The downpour came and the greens were not perfect. And that made his score even more wow. amazing. And mm. that's not taking, you know, the P1SS out of Box Hill because the course was unbelievable and to get that thing up and playing again was incredible. And, uh, I mean, honestly, if you haven't been at Box Hill lately, go down and have a look at his oh, magnif. Yeah. But that round was 
pretty bloody good. 61. Yeah, Oof. it was pretty bloody good That's to incredible. shoot a score like that yeah. on the greens that, you know, have been rain affected. So you played the Box Hill Pro-Am yeah, what, during what have you the been week. Doing? So oh, that's right. You I, played Ainsbury. I played the Ainsbury Pro-Am. And the, what happened? The, the Tasman, what was it called? The uh, Tasman Logistics Services Ainsbury Pro-Am. I'm going to get a shout out to the sponsor there, uh, Michael Oakley. Because, don't uh, tell me you shot 65. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. No, you don't want to know what I shot. I, I gave a great clinic, though. It was Did a you? fantastic it's clinic. It was a good clinic. <laughs> I'm going to no, look I it shot, up. I shot loads. I shot 78, 74. Unfortunately, yeah. my wrist quite isn't quite there yet. But oh, well, uh, no, I was, I, I also, to be honest, I was surprised you were playing because your wrist, yeah. your, your wrist is no it's good. Been sore. No, I only started hitting balls last yeah. week. But uh, if you ever get a chance, go. It's greens were pure. Grand really? Marsh design, typical marshy sort of yeah. thing where they got a lot of different areas to put the ball in. But the uh, the whole community out there was it was really good. Hey, just just before you've just you've got me you've got my mind thinking over with mm. what you just said, Graham Marsh. Graham Marsh has the best secret career in Australian golf. Yeah, you're right. I don't think enough people actually understand how good Graham Marsh was. I would love to get him on and just do a little bonus content with Graham and talk about his career. Oh, he'd be great. Because he was the brother of a famous Australian wicketkeeper. Oh, yes. Uh, Swampy, Swampy Marsh. The late great. Yes. So... uh, I would love to get him on and talk to him about golf, talk to him about his golf course design, which he's very good at, and more importantly, what he thinks of today's game. All right, that's my mission. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him a call and we'll, we'll get him on for yeah, the bonus be great. content. Hey, uh, it's my turn for the top five this week and for the masterclass. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I don't know what's coming. So hold a little six-footer, you little right-handed putter these days, <laughs> and I'll catch you on the 10th tee. It's the Ox here. Right now, you're listening to Talk Birdie to me with my mate Marco and my better mate Nick O'Hearn. <laughs> if you haven't given Marco's other podcast a listen yet, it's a ripper. It's called A Couple of Blokes and it's basically Marco and I having a yak, mucking around and having a bit of fun. So when you've listened to this episode of Talk Birdie to me, just search A Couple of Blokes and you'll find us there. We'll be waiting for you. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Talk Birdie Jimmy podcast with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. If you're enjoying the pod, share it with a friend and help spread the word. 
So, what did you have? A little sausage roll or a chicken sandwich? What did you get oh, there at the halfway house? A nice little wrap, and but I've, I've, <laughs> I've also uh, just refilled my glass as well. So, okay. So, what were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's easy to do. Yeah. Uh, just say the name of that. Uh, oh, Shadow Facts. again. Shadow Facts Chardonnay. Fantastic drop. So we got the top five, which is my top five. We've got the results, which uh, you're the boss of the results. Yes. And I love the results because it's great to find out what our Australian kids have been doing. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a masterclass as well. So that's all coming up very, very soon. The top five things amateurs do wrong trying to copy the pros on TV. Oh, oh, well, oh, the list could okay. be endless. This, oh, well. I mean, I'll play with anyone at my home club. I put my name down. I just play with anybody. And it is incredible to watch some of the crazy stuff that I see. And I know the only place they could have possibly got it is what they've seen on TV. Yep. So, number five. Okay. If you're taking the pin out these days when you're chipping in the hope that you're going to chip the ball in, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? One uh, experiment after another has been done. Dave Pelt has done a 1,000 on them. Leaving the pin in helps the ball go into the hole. So I get it, the pros, you know, you seem to take it out because they want yeah. to just signal that they, they want the highlight. But you don't have to do it. Do you do it? No, I used to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still do. It, I yeah. used to because it was a mental thing. Okay, yes, come it on. It really I'm, locks you in. I'm locked into However, doing it. For most amateur golfers out there, there is no leave man. the pin in. There is no. It's, leaving the pin in is going to help you. You okay. can't chip in the first yeah. place, just leave it in. Number four, trying to hit the ball high with club head speed of around 95 miles per hour. <laughs> you can't do it. Uh, uh, my, my well, you can. In. It's called a sky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to hit the ball high. If you have a problem and it's you're always on the back foot when you swing the club, I guarantee it's because you are trying to hit the ball high. Yep. Just be a low ball hitter. I mean, if you want to hit the ball a little bit high every once in a while, I get it. Mm. But if you're trying to hit high shots all the time, there is not one good player in the world who is trying to hit the ball high all the time. Yeah. So please stop it. No, I, I agree with that. And especially short game chipping and things like that, when they try and elevate the ball, yeah. let the club do the work. Yeah, yeah. Don't try and hit it high. Yeah. Don't, just don't do it. Number three, plumb bobbing. <laughs> and by the way, Graham Marsh, who we spoke about before, was the master of plumb bobbing. Yeah, that's <laughs> but true. I'm telling you, <laughs> we'll plumb bobbing. Yeah, we will. Plumb bobbing does not work. Plumb bobbing is a myth. Plumb mobbing was invented to slow your heart rate down, not to read a green. I'm absolutely sure that's all it did. Mm. Who's a Allenby? He's the last one I remember. Allenby did it. Yeah, Allenby was a the young, Remember the young kid at uh, the TPS oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Sydney? Yeah, yeah. He was doing the From line. From St. Michael's. The line ball. What do we call it? it? What do we call it? Ball plumb, bo- plumb, plumb balling. balling. Plumb balling. <laughs> he was a plumb baller. Okay. This is an important one because I see it every once in a while. And it's annoying. An amateur player hits a bunker shot and he hits it somewhere kind of close. And you know what he does? He slows down the entire field by insisting he has to mark the ball because he doesn't want to be accused of backstopping. Backstopping, yeah. Now, now listen, if you hit the ball to eight feet, you don't have to slow everybody down. If you hit the ball to well, four feet, you don't have to slow yeah. everybody down. Yeah. Particularly if you're playing with people who don't know what they're doing because honestly... It doesn't affect anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you – did you see the end of the LPGA event? No. Okay. What happened? Oh. Tell me. Fine. <laughs> Talking about backstopping, 
Final hole. Yes. Celine Boutier, the French woman, yes. coming down 18, has to birdie the last to get in a playoff with Georgia Hall. Right. Par five, misses the green front right, has a chip shot. Yeah. Her partner, a Korean lady, hits it up to about four feet. Right. She doesn't chip. Doesn't mark it. Right. She's wanting to go up there but thought, oh, well, maybe Boutier. So she sort of waited for Boutier to ask her to mark it, which she should. If I was Georgia Hall waiting, I would have ran over oh, there and told her to mark yeah. it. She just got up and chipped it. So now, and it didn't hit the ball, but it came close. Came close. And she made the birdie, one in the playoff. Righto. Anyway. But still, that's, track. that's poor form. In a professional tournament in a professional like tournament, that, tournament, last hole. 72nd hole. Completely agree. You know what? I could almost cop it in the second hole of the tournament or something. Or, you know, it's, yeah. I, I could almost cop it, no worries. But not, not on the 72nd. Okay. <laughs> not on the 72nd. But if you're an amateur yes. doing it on the second hole of your round, because just you're just keep, please, keep don't slow everybody down. Okay. Fair call. Just... Don't worry about it. And number one, and, and and now this is going to be part of my masterclass a little bit later. Oh, and I've okay. got some. I've actually got uh, some Pythagoras done and uh, some cosine and trigonometry, and I've done the homework. But if you are using the aim line on your ball from thirty plus feet, <laughs> and you're there lining it up, please don't do that. Well, you know it's my thoughts on the line ridiculous. anyway. ridiculous. And I'll explain a little bit later in the Masterclass why it is so ridiculous. I've done the math. Okay, anyway, good. There's I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah, all right, good. Okay, one thing that does bother me with social golfers, amateur golfers, is after watching the pros take about two and a half minutes yes. to line up a putt, and then they feel that they need to do that as well. That drives me nuts. Oh, <laughs> All you need to do when you read a putt is look from behind and then walk to the low side, look from the low side. Correct. If you want to walk around the back, that's fine, but don't do it three times. And then if you have a line on your ball, don't remark it and th- 14 times trying to get the line straight because it just drives me nuts. Very good. One side only. I used to always just go low to the left side. I oh, see. It's interesting. Low side. I maybe should do that. Yeah. Because my entire career, I always just went to the left. Okay. Here's a little tip all the for time. You, Mark. So I, in the end, you get quite good at reading it from one side. Sure. But, but the low side, however, I don't mind. Yeah. And the reason being is, if you read a book, do you tilt the book towards yeah, you, you or away? No, you tilt, you tilt, it, tilt away. it away. Then you're on the high side. You can't see much. You tilt it towards you. Well, then all of a sudden you're on the low side, you see everything. If see? I could you're learning. Turn back time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very good. Uh, let's get to the results. And this is you, mate. I'm just throwing the microphone in your yeah, direction. Yeah, just here. throw it over to me. Right so, uh, the obvious one with the PGA Tour match play uh, Sam Burns defeated Cameron Young, six and five, unfortunately. So, the uh, television finished yeah. a bit early. The sponsors weren't too happy. And I guess that's why match play is going. But Did anyway, you see where the like, crowd was? Where were they? In the, the, crowd in the was, consolation yeah, of match, yeah, yeah, of the course. crowd was watching the consolation. One and two in the world. See, can I just before you go one step further? Mm. I think they should get rid of the consolation. Oh, I agree. I just agree. get rid Trust of me, it. Last thing those guys want to do is go out and play another match. Well, you've got all these yeah. people there who want to watch some great golf. Yeah, don't let them watch the consolation. No. Make them watch the other game, <laughs> the other the other one, and just split the money. Believe me, Scheffler. And Rory McIlroy, even though they were playing for three hundred thousand, could not have cared less mm. about the three hundred thousand. They just wanted to go home. Yep, yep. So no, get rid of it. No, anyway, anyway okay. sorry, I apologise. Not a problem. I'll give but you the microphone back. Best of the Aussies, Jason Day made the quarterfinal, and we spoke about Herbert yep. and the other guys yep. earlier. Yep. Okay. Yep. Also, yep. Uh, PGA Tour had a, another event going on because it's this was a WGC, the Corrales Punta Cana. 
Championship. Matt mm. Wallace. <laughs> this was a good win. Matt Wallace had a one-shot win from Nicholas Hoygaard, the uh, Danish golfer who's Mate. one of the twins, Rasmus and Nic- Nikolai. Sorry. He's got the best unusual swing mm. I've ever seen. Oh, it's pure. They're oh. both unbelievable, those two brothers. The twin brothers, by the yeah. way. So they're going to be incredible. But Matt Wallace, four-time winner on the DP World Tour. I don't know if you saw last week at Valspar where he had the yes. argument with his caddy. Yes. His French caddy, Hitting Samuel Bernard. Hitting off a cart path cart for path. some reason. Yeah, 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 gave it to his he French caddy. had a tight seven there. Did well. Yeah. And then the previous week, so in the... Uh, uh, players' championship? Yes. Uh, in the players' championship, during the interview after he won this tournament, by the way, the uh, Punta Cana championship, he spoke about at the players how he had 145 shots. That's right. cut by one. And two of those shots, he spoke nicely to himself. Positive, <laughs> so his positive self-talk was disgraceful his for 145 shots. Uh, 143 out of 145. <laughs> so it was a great effort for him because he is renowned for being uh, a bit of a hothead, you could say. Yeah. But uh, anyway, great win for Matt Wallace. Aaron Badley, best of the Aussies, tied 46. So not, not a great week for the Aussies there. Mm. Asian Tour. Travis Smythe secured an open berth. Oy. So it was the uh, tournament in Hong Kong where a Hong Kong golfer, for the first time, won on the Asian won the Tour. Hong, won the Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah, it enormous. was pretty, World yeah. Championship, well it was called. It was fantastic. However, uh, Travis Smythe, he gets a, a spot into the Open, which is brilliant. His first major that he's ever going to play at Royal Liverpool this year. Yep. He's also doing well on the Order of Merit over there. I spoke about the LPGA where Celine Boutier uh, defeated Georgia Hall. Uh, with a bit of a bit of backstopping going on, but she didn't hit the ball, so that's okay. <laughs> and she became, this American term, the winningest French woman yes, on that LPGA that, that is tour. correct. Yeah, an outstanding player. Uh-huh. And on the Epson tour, Gabby Ruffles, massive chance to go back-to-back wins. Oh, you're kidding. No, she was one shot behind playing the final round. Unfortunately, shot a two over past 74. Uh, where'd she finish? Uh, still top 10, I think. And uh, it was won by Miranda Wang, but she is number one on the money list over there. So really making great strides to get her LPGA card for okay, next Doug. year. Now, uh, locally, we had the Women's New South Wales Open at Foster Tongue Curry Golf Club yes. where Momoka Kabori defeated the amateur Claire Shin in a playoff. So congratulations to the New Zealander, Momoka. Yep. We've seen her on some of the TPS events. Really yep. fine young player, which is great. And and then this coming week, da 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 you and I, we're commentating the national, the, the final event on the PGA Tour of Australasia, which is going to be big. And we've got Stacey on, uh, Stacey Keating. Stacey's going to be with us. She's doing the fairways, and you and Porter is in the... Uh, commentary box with you and I. Is he really? Yeah, that's I didn't right. know they were flipped. Yeah, it. I don't oh, know fantastic. why they flipped it, but right. it's flipped. Sounds great. But uh, Dave Michaluzzi has already won the Order of Merit, which is great. Uh, he top won't, three. Uh, excuse me, just on Michaluzzi. Okay. Uh, David, uh, could you please pick up the phone? I've, I've <laughs> sent a couple of messages. I've called you. I'm trying everything uh, I possibly can. Golf Australia wants us to interview you. So please pick up the absolutely. phone. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm playing the Pro-Am Wednesday, by the way. So that our podcast should be out before the Pro-Am. You're playing the Pro-Am at the Nash. I am. And how, you know what? I'm how playing, come I didn't get an invite to play oof, the Pro-Am well, at the Nash? You know, I'm, I'm playing with uh, uh, Elvis... Smiling. Are you? Bit of fun. And Wolf, uh, Wolfgang from BMW, that's going to be fun. And Gary yeah, Lisbon, who's the photographer who you, you yeah, probably yeah, know. Gary so, a so if you want to come and see a great left-hander, come and watch our group because Elvis <laughs> is playing, not me. <laughs> we should chat to Smiley sometime. We will. Yeah, we'll get Elvis on definitely. No, nah, he's got a big career. He's got clates on the bag too, so I'm going to be well, I'm going to be yeah, fascinated. Get into him about what happened uh, at Ooh, 13th Beach Place. At the Big Open, yeah. Goodness okay. me. I will. What a I call will. that anyway, was. Anyway, it's on Fox and uh, KO Sports. Okay, time for the Masterclass. I'm a champion! 
So, Nick, you will remember my number one thing amateurs do that drives me crazy because they've watched it on TV. Well, there's no excuse because at the moment, less and less of the best professional golfers are using a line on their ball for anything more, using it, for anything more than a Mm six-footer. You'll see a lot of these line guys and line girls who have been using it on everything, it's all disappearing. And I've done the math. So are you okay, ready? Please, tell me why, because are I have ready? a theory on all this as well, but okay. you go. All right, so if you – quite often when I try and do it, right, every once in a while I'll do it just for the hell of it, and I'll line it up and I'll get over it and I'll go, that is nowhere near where I want to mm-hmm. go, and that is just my feel because of the practice. Speed. Whatever it might be, whatever it might be. So I did the maths, right? If you are one degree out on a 10-metre putt, Guess how much that one degree ends up being I'd hate to by think. the end of 10 metres, so a 30-footer, basically. Shall I take a guess? I rounded off to 20 centimetres. Okay, I was going to say about a foot. Yeah, so 20 centimetres, and just for being a one mil off. Now, the reason I think that people are now only using a line to align the ball on short putts mm. is because I think it's half accurate if you're doing it and peripherally with your vision, you can see the hole. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the ball and peripherally you can kind of see where you want to go. So if you're going right lip, you can kind of see it. Okay. I think you can be half accurate. But when you can't see where you're going and you have to look up all the time, then down, then look up, then down at your ball, yep. I think it would be very easy to be one degree off with that line. And that is, like I said, rounds out to 20 centimetres. For a 30-footer. For a 30-footer. Wow. So that means... For a 15-footer, 10, you're mm-hmm. missing by a million miles. If it is a three-footer, so three-foot, you're one degree off. That's two centimetres. So it might still go in mm-hmm. if you're one degree off. But a six-footer, that ends up being four and you miss the hole. Wow. So I personally think that the reason why so many players now will not use a line on long parts and only for short is because it's bloody hard to do. Yeah. You know what would solve all this? Go on. Get rid of the yeah, line. Yeah, get rid of the, the line. Get rid of the line. <laughs> anyway, look on our socials because I'm about to go outside here at the Golf Headquarters where we're very lucky to do the broadcast from every single week. And I'm going to put some tees in the ground and show you for being one degree off over 30 feet how much you're going to miss that putt by. Oh, can't wait to see it. Have you got any more of this Chardonnay? Uh, Can we finish mm, her off? Yeah, I think we should actually. I'll, Why see, not? I'll see you next week. Okay. Good on you, buddy. Cheers, mate. Great show, guys. A big week in golf and an even bigger one coming up. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, if you could rate us and give the podcast a review, the way the podcast world works is the more people who do that, the more people get to hear the podcast, which would be great. We're back next week live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. Talk Birdie to me's executive producer is Dan Bradley from Kaizen Media. Sound designed by Daryl Misson of loudzebra.com. Um... Have you got Mika's number? Because I, I don't want to call him again. Can yeah, you, just, you yeah. give him a bell. I'll give him a buzz. Okay. And let's see if we can get him. All right. Because we've got we to gotta pin him down. Okay. Well. Come on, mate. It's ringing. Does he have... Oh, I hope he has a voicemail. Pick up the phone. No, it's still ringing. I'll tell you what. We might have to uh, open another bottle. <laughs> this actually suits me because I was getting worried he didn't like me, but maybe he doesn't like doesn't you like either. Me either. Yeah, well, yeah. No, that's true. Is it still ringing? Yeah, there it is. Fuck me. No. What have we done? <laughs>